0: For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another really super conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. And I am so excited today to introduce you to Dr. Liz Eng. Angoff? So, mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Yeah, I always did. get wrong. So Dr. Liz, I know her as Liz. We know Liz because one of our clients introduced me to her um, because she had done some an assessment for her son and was blown away by how helpful it was for her son. Mm-hmm. And she emailed me. She's like, Elaine, you've got to meet this person. And so we met a while ago and we talked and it's like, okay, she is doing something different and unusual. And I'm really excited to share her with you and maybe to co-create something together to see if we can draw on the wisdom of the hive mind of, of our parenting community to help you create something really amazing in your community. So I'm going to let you tell us a little bit more about what got you here. But in short, Liz is an educational psychologist. She does neuropsych assessments for, for school-age kids. Um, And she created this book called The Brain Building Book, which she uses with these kids to not only do an assessment for them, but then to help them understand their brains after they've gotten a diagnosis. It's brilliant. And so the book is currently used by other practitioners in their work in diagnosing kids. And so spoiler alert, we were just talking about maybe creating a book for parents and maybe we might be able to help her like get, do some research on that. But anyway, let's not jump ahead too fast. Liz, thank you for being here. And tell us a little bit about what you do with Families with Complex Kids and how you came to be doing this work.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Elaine. I'm so excited to be here. This is really, really fun. So I am, as you said, an educational psychologist, and that is a, a designation in California. I um, was a school psychologist for eight years in a, a large district here and then went into private practice and got a, some specialized training in neuropsych assessment, so that I could really go deep with kids. And one of kind of how I got here and in, in trying to figure out how do we talk to kids about their their differences and their their awesomely neurodivergent brains yep. um, is that when i when i went into private practice i got more and more requests to um, actually talk to kids after the assessment about their learning disability because parents often would say all right i understand my child's dyslexic i understand my child has adhd how do i talk to them about it and it's, it's really common there's a lot of kind of little articles out there but putting this into practice is harder than it looks and it's, it's really hard for for us as trained practitioners who live and breathe this stuff day in, day out, explaining it to children is a whole other ball game. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like something that would be so natural. And the first couple of times I sat down with kids to actually explain what we learned, I got glazed over eyes. I got just like complete overwhelm. One kid ran crying from my office, which obviously is not ideal. <laughs> um, and something was going awry. And I kept looking, talking to colleagues, trying to figure out, you know, like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> like, something is not right here. And nobody knew. I mean, people had different ways they did it, but nobody could tell me. And that's how I know kids understand. I think a lot of us, you know, like get that overwhelmed from kids. I,
1: and I don't think it's just kid. You and, know, when I was diagnosed in my early 40s, it was like, and I was diagnosed with learning and attention issues. And I still, like you just described, I still couldn't tell you the nuances and the details of it. I can tell you how it, with, how it manifests, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, it was like my whole life made sense. My whole life. In, and I cried a lot as a result of that because in some ways it was liberating, but in some ways it was really, you know, disappointing. The things that I hadn't done because all I needed was some help if I had only known I just needed a supporter or tutors, you know, like I could have learned how to do that instead of avoiding that so that I didn't fail, which is what I think a lot of us did.
2: Exactly, exactly. I have a lot of parents who are worried when I tell them, we're going to talk to your kid about what's going on, <laughs> because there's this fear that if, if my child knows that they have a diagnosis, it's going to harm their self-esteem. Oh, no. but what I've realized <laughs> is that no, no. Like, kids have already started creating their narrative. That's right. And if we don't help them with the narrative, if we don't tell them what's going on, the narrative that they develop on their own is not only going to be inaccurate, it's not going to be good. Well, here's how I say
1: it, ready? And you are welcome to borrow this. If we don't tell them, give them an explanation for what's really going on, what happens is they make up that they're lazy, crazy, or stupid. Yeah. And that's what they tell themselves. And I know this because I did this,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
1: And they're not lazy, crazy, or stupid they're struggling with something and we can help them.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And so that was the big motivator for me. I mean that was right. the the call to action is just right. we have to start now talking to kids helping them to create their narrative and we need to get good at this as a field. Yeah. It's not optional. It's not an add-on. It's not, you know, wait till they're ready. They're ready now. And the more I've I've like kind of gotten into this and really talking to kids, it's they're asking really sophisticated questions and kind of supporting them and how to do that. And the assessment process is the perfect time, you know, to dive into what, like, how are you thinking about your learning? How do we help you ask some questions so you can really feel empowered as part of this Process. So assessment is not something we do to kids. It's something that we're doing with kids. And ideally for kids, mm-hmm. right?
1: Ideally to really help them. You know, I had the privilege of speaking at the AppSorg conference in this year mm-hmm. in 2022. And, and I was talking about parent engagement, and, and it was about uh, in this realm, I was talking about ADHD and autism, but it doesn't really matter what the issues are. It's about the reason we do parent. Engagement and parent behavior management is so that the parents can understand the kids well enough to help the kids learn to understand themselves, because they're the ones that have to manage themselves. Mm
2: -hmm. And this
1: stuff isn't going away. Yeah, exactly. We're dealing with chronic, lifelong brain wiring challenges that that these kids can learn to navigate if we give them the power to do that. And that's what Mm -hmm. I see you doing.
2: Yeah. Oh, thank you. One of, um, you know, thinking about talking to kids and then all of this, I mean, you mentioned it, but it all kind of just translates up to really helping parents grasp what's going on. So I started, um, using the language that I use to talk to kids to present the neuropsych assessment results to parents and teachers. Um, (laughs) so I have, um, the metaphor that's used in the book that you mentioned is a construction metaphor so, you know, very transparently, the growth mindset, language that, you know, we want kids to really, really embrace. And the idea is that your brain is made up of, of neurons. And since we're on video, I can show you my neurons. There's a view on YouTube, you can Yay. see the video. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, we talk about how your, your brain is always making these new connections. And at first, when you're learning something, it's a it might be kind of a rocky connection, just, you know, kind of driving those roads for the first time. But as it gets stronger, then the messages are going faster and faster and faster. And it's like you're making highways in your brain. Okay. And so the things that come easily are the things that you've practiced a lot. These are the highways in your brain. The things that are harder, those are the things that are under construction. And the under construction is very specific because a construction project is something in process. It's something that's moving forward, it's something that's aimed at a goal, and it's something that we're going to have, we're gonna be able to get through that. It's gonna improve how we're able to approach the world or approach learning. It's a very dynamic kind of thing, as opposed to, I'm good at this, I'm bad at this. hmm Right. That um, black and white thinking is not serving any of us. Right. Right. And the metaphor, I mean, kids of all ages can really take it and and run with it. And like, oh, okay, so the main road isn't working for me. So I had to build a road that went to the side <laughs> so that I could right. find a different way there. Or I have a, a graphic and the older version of this book of uh, the book just came out today, actually. And congratulations. <laughs> yay. Nice. Uh, there's a there's an image in there of, you know, a little flying car. It's taking off because sometimes we find totally different ways of getting there that nobody ever thought of before. You know, this is a very dynamic process. And then when we're thinking about what does the diagnosis actually mean, the diagnosis is the pattern we find when we put those strengths and challenges together. Mm -hmm. So when we're so so stop and say that again because I think that's really important. The the diagnosis is the pattern we see when we bring those highways and, and construction zones together. Okay. Because our brains are wired in different ways for a reason. <laughs> There's, there are so many you know, d- different, different kinds of ways of viewing the world that are really important to making our world a better place, to pushing things forward, to questioning the status quo. If we were all built the same, we would never move anywhere <laughs> nothing right. would happen and so you know the idea of neurodiversity is is really important in making change in the world and so understanding that my brain is built in a way that's making certain things hard that's why I'm here getting an assessment but the way that my brain is built is also making other things come really easily. It's also mm-hmm. giving me my strengths and talents, and I think so many of the kids that I saw or parents, it's like, okay, there's my child, you know, is you know has has ADHD, but at least they have these other strengths. As if the strengths were kind of a separate thing, like a corollary. like right, a, a, a,
1: what do you call it? A consolation prize, <laughs>
2: think like that, right? Right, but the diagnosis, when we're, we're talking about these neurodevelopmental differences, it's a different wiring in your brain. And it's going to give you those strengths as well as the challenges and understanding that, oh, my ADHD brain is giving me those creative ideas. It's why I am you know, so outgoing, or it's why um, friendships are so important to me, or it's why I have so many ideas. It's just really hard for me to keep up with them all to get them down on, on paper. And I want, to,
1: I want to make sure that we're not just talking about ADHD here, because as you were sure. saying that, I was thinking about one of my kids with dyslexia, right, who has a classically dyslexic brain in some ways and is extraordinary in math and science, mm-hmm. and, right, and, and that has a, a kind of a linear thinking sometimes that can be unbelievable, and yet with the ADD brain can also give her whole brain thinking. So it's got a lot of gifts. You just have to learn to cultivate it.
2: Exactly, exactly. So with my dyslexic kids, um, we often we can see those. Big picture items, you know that that kids are are making connections that other kids don't. There's something about the dyslexic brain in being able to find the way that things go together, um, you know, the way people can get connected, or the way these big ideas are connected, and kind of seeing things in a way that that other people don't. But it makes the details, the symbol pieces, hard. And a lot of times, the dyslexic kids I'm talking about that like the big picture stuff comes really easily and you're actually able to have insights that others might not have but the little detail things those are hard and those are kind of the symbols remembering you know remembering instructions in a certain order those kinds of things so we can kind of see ah okay the way my brain is built it's kind of optimized for the big picture and it's having trouble with the little details as opposed to i have this broken part right. and you know and then my consolation prizes you said that's not why we're built differently
1: so, so I love what you just sort of highlighted. And, and and I'm thinking about my kid with dyslexia, who's kind of different, but that's what I love about what you're describing is that there's it's you're looking for patterns for each individual child, but they're not always going to be across different kids, right? You can have two, three kids with ADHD and dyslexia and anxiety, and it's going to manifest differently, right? Mm-hmm. What I want to ask you is to, let's make this real. What is it that we want parents to? to take away from this? What do you want parents to know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that a really important takeaway for when I'm working with with parents, I, I want them to be able to walk away with a definition of what's going on that makes sense for their kid. There's so much information that's in the report or that's out there in the internet. And I really want to try and Narrow that down for parents to a couple specific things that are kind of the, the next steps of the starting point. And so, one of the things that I do for parents now is that we have the, you know, 20 page neuropsych report. Yeah. And then I take a single piece of paper and it's split into four quadrants. And we have highways, construction zones, what I call helpful words. Which mm-hmm. might be the diagnostic term, or some other terms that could be helpful to kind of know um, some of the Googleable terms <laughs> that would be helpful. Could you give an example? Um, yeah. So, um, for instance, uh, you know, uh, a lot of kids with learning differences, executive functioning skills are hard. So, okay. knowing that any resource that's talking about executive functioning skills, this is going to it's going to be relevant. It's going to be yeah. really helpful. Or those terms can be very the words can be really helpful for talking to your child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a child comes away with a complicated diagnosis, but we let's can say simple. let's make it simple. So, you know, like your your child has a multi-layered, you know, there's multiple layers of uh, emotional challenges going on. We have anxiety and depression and we're, you know, looking forward and thinking about these other things that could be going on, but for your child's experience right now, they have big feelings that get really overwhelming. So we're going to talk Great. about big feelings, Love that, and, and that's the term. And so those helpful words, Wait, it's really- um, No, I, was, I just this, wanted the fourth quadrant, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what does this mean for your kids? So we're going to take the highways and construction zones and put them together, and I start the definition with, for you or for your child, mm-hmm. dyslexia means this. Great. Right. The fourth quadrant is the tools and construction crew. So these are the recommendations. And I try in there, I mean, if you've had an assessment, uh, you know that the recommendations pages are are long and can go on forever. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff there. So it's kind of the first five, like the top top things. This is the first place to start, the most important things. If you do anything, do these things. And the construction crew is the people
1: that will help. Like my kids are in their twenties and I'd like to go back to their neuropsychs and their psych evaluations and hand them what you just described, because Mm -hmm. even now, I think it would be extraordinarily helpful for them to understand it this simply, because it really is so complicated, but you can simplify it.
2: You can, can you can. And I I feel like for parents, what I tell my parents is we're going to do this feedback session today. But I want you to keep coming back to me until you feel like you really understand. And having that, you know, when I have pull out the four quadrants, I say, I want you to be able to walk away being able to say, my child. It has strengths in these areas. My child is building these areas, and this is what that means. So that they're, they feel really confident about those four areas, and then the data, the statistics, the like what each test means, and you know all of that stuff. That's that is. It's not that it's not important to understand, but the pieces that are going to help you make your next step forward. Like, make sure you have this. Make sure you can walk away with these four things. Okay. Highways, construction zones, and bottom line, the other two, the name of the other two quadrants, some helpful words to describe what's going on. Okay. And, and then your, your tools, tools. Got it. So, you know, a couple tools for your next steps. So I know I told you this was going to go fast and it Mm -hmm. did. So let people know how they can find you. Absolutely. So, all of this work around talking to kids about their diagnosis and um, their differences is on BrainBuildingBook.com, and there is a parents page. So if you put in BrainBuildingBook.com/parents, there are some specific resources that I share with with parents. And, and just I- for your
1: information, and she created
2: that because because you
1: guys need it, and she's <laughs> she's being a phenomenal guest. So brainbuildingbook.com slash parents will give you some Uh resources that I'm confident you'll be building on over time.
2: Yeah, there's a really cool tool spreadsheet there with a bunch of links to the videos that I love and visuals and things that you can actually just turn around and show your child to start a conversation about things that that might be true for them. Um, Some of kind of the top things that I use with kids. Um, So that's a great resource. There's also and this is the part that you mentioned, the beginning. The tools I've been developing are really for practitioners to use with kids as part of an assessment or therapy. Uh, And so if you're working with somebody, you know, please let them know about these and and then they can use them with your child. I really want to make this accessible to to parents. And so uh, there is a Google form on that parent's page that you can fill out to let me know that you would like, you know, a a parent version of the brain building book. And then I'll be reaching out to parents to learn more about how we can do this with kids at home, uh, even if you're not working with a practitioner.
1: So I want to be clear, the parent version of the brain building book doesn't exist yet. She's trying to do some research to create that. Um, We're going to work with her in in our community to try to get some some parents for you to talk to and connect you with to some other professionals who I think can really support you. And I'm really excited about it because I think what you're doing is really needed and long overdue, and, and there's an opportunity for us as parents not only to understand this better, but to be able to talk to our kids about it with more fluidness and more comfort and more ease. And I really think that's what you're doing. I often say that my job is to take really complicated medical information and translate it into language that parents can understand. And you're like taking that to the next level, which is taking it and translating it to language that their kids can understand. And that's that's a it's a huge challenge. And I think you've risen to that challenge quite well.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you for that work. Um, So anything else you want to share with listeners before we leave today? I... I, I think that just you know being able to do more with parents and the conversations there. Um, the blog that's on that that parents page has a lot of the language that I use from real like examples of kids that that I've worked with. So uh, you can um, find some of that specific language in those those blogs about, that are just how to explain ADHD to kids, how to explain dyslexia, how to explain anxiety. Uh, and so I'm hopeful that that will be really helpful to parents in kind of turning around just today to really sit down with your, your child to talk about what they talk about their brain, talk about their amazing brain.
1: Talk about their amazing brain. One of the first things you said at the beginning of this conversation was their awesomely neurodivergent brains.
2: I, yes, absolutely. And that absolutely. is what we're
1: talking about is, yeah. is the invitation to you as parents is to remember that they, I know they're neurodivergent and that's part of what makes them so spectacular.
2: Exactly, exactly. And that's my favorite part of feedback sessions with kids now is being able to start it with that excitement of, I am so excited to tell you about your brain because it is amazing.
1: All right, my friend, we're going to wrap up today. As I mentioned to you earlier, we like to end if you've got something with a fun quote or motto. I didn't, she said, I I said this to Liz earlier. She's like, you know, 20 minutes after we're done, she's going to come up with a perfect quote. So we all know that that's the way life goes, but what's coming up for you now, a, a favorite quote or motto that you want to share?
2: Yeah, I'll write you with my brilliant one later. I think what came to mind in doing this work that I constantly reminding myself is that, you know, like, like I have an anxiously wired brain and I'm constantly reminding myself that anxiety is my superpower. The reason that we're able to do this is that I couldn't stand the fact that kids didn't get the message. <laughs> I was so worried about these kids. And that created all of this. And I often share pieces of my story and how anxiety has been my superpower with the kids that I work with, because I think it's it's a great example that we, we're all working through, you know, different, different things. And it really can give us our power when we know how to to use it to you know help us make those those steps
1: at the end of the day it's what it's all about that you can see why why i was so excited to have liz because you know coaching is about empowering our kids and that's really what you're talking about is empowering our kids to take ownership of themselves and feel great about themselves absolutely so liz thank you for being here it was great to have this conversation (laughs) i appreciate it so much me too me too thanks and when you do get that other quote send it on and we'll put it in the show notes (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. <laughs> great. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for what you do for yourself and your kids. At the end of the day, it makes such a difference. Take care, everyone. Have a great week.
0: You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.